0: you're listening to the Freelance Friday Podcast. I'm your host, Latasha James. Whether you're ready to launch the side hustle you've been dreaming about, working to double your freelance income and go full-time, or just seeking inspiration from some of the smart, innovative folks I know, you're in the right place. Enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast or welcome if you're new, I'm your host Latasha James. You can find me over at the Latasha James on Instagram and Twitter. And hey, there's actually a new way to engage with this show. I'm gonna leave a link down in the description box on YouTube and the show notes on the podcast players. And you can actually leave me a voice note now. So if that's something you're interested in, you can say, hey, let me know who's listening. You can ask me a question that you'd like me to answer on air or give me some episode suggestions. I'm all ears and I really want to make this a fantastic resource that really genuinely helps you. So excited about that. Today's episode is going to go through in detail my entire entrepreneurship journey. And I have seven takeaways for you. And I didn't intend on this happening, but it's kind of like seven for seven years. It's pretty much been seven years. Um, that I've been doing this in some shape or form. So if you are somebody who tells me that I talk too much or that my voice is annoying, this probably is not going to be the episode for you full disclaimer. And if you've been along for the journey for a few years, you will probably enjoy going down memory lane with me So. Let's happen. It honestly all starts with blogging. That's where my my love for writing and kind of the digital side of things really started. I am a true internet kid through and through. I got my first computer when I was 13. I saved up for it myself. Yeah, around that time, that's when I started getting into message boards and MySpace of course. And LiveJournal and Zanga, those were like my very first blogs, if you will, which a lot of people these days don't even know what that is, but it was basically like a very, it's kind of like a Tumblr maybe, I guess is kind of the closest thing I could compare it to. And I started my first actual WordPress blog. I think it was my last year of high school or junior year of high school is when I started an actual WordPress blog. And my blog was about like nothing. I really missed that time. I miss just writing about things that were happening to me in life and things that I was passionate about, things that made me feel something, things that excited me. I think there is a real beauty in that. And I think the way that I wrote in those days was so authentic and genuine and heartfelt. And I don't know that I can replicate that anymore. I feel like societal expectations and so many things have been layered on to my content creation that it always is going to be a little bit filtered. I mean, I try to be very obviously authentic and I don't pretend to be somebody else, but I would, I would really share my heart with my blog. So, Anyway, I did that for a while. I also took my first film class in high school. I think it was my senior year of high school. I got to go to this program. So I started doing YouTube for school. Like I would upload my school projects onto YouTube. Fast forward to college. I remember distinctly eating lunch in kind of like a common area. And this was sort of, it was probably around 2012, 2013 when blogging really kind of was starting to take off. And I was looking at some blogs and I remember just thinking, I want to make this happen. I need to figure out how to do this. I want to be, you know, like one of these big fashion bloggers out there. Spoiler alert, that never really happened. Never, Not even really. That never happened at all. But what I did in that time is I took the time to sit down and learn about SEO learn as best as I could about photography it was horrible back then and still is not like fantastic but I learned as much as I could I really really did I really tried to do it right along that way I started my YouTube as well I think I started my YouTube in early 2013 I've talked about that a million times so I'm not going to go over that it just sounded like fun honestly that's the long and the short story of it now in early 2014 I actually found the email I was searching through my emails earlier to try to make sure I got these dates right I have a really Really fantastic memory like it's kind of creepily accurate for a lot of things but dates I don't know what it is but I like cannot tell 2016 from 2014 from 2018 so just in case you may have been like oh I thought she said she started her YouTube in 2014 I may have said in other uh, contexts a year or six months off or something like that but these are legitimate I looked at my emails for this anywho early 2014 I was browsing on my schools, my colleges, like job board. Most colleges have one. And I had been working retail at the time. I have a whole video all about all the jobs I've ever had. So I will link that if anyone's interested. But I was working retail and going to school. And I think I just knew, you know, I was getting close to graduation and I knew that I needed to get some kind of experience that I actually wanted to make a career out of because I always knew that retail wasn't, you know, for me long term. And so I was looking on that job board and I found this opportunity for a blog. Um, It was like an education blog and they were looking for freelance writers. And I was like, I mean, I've never had real experience, but I know how to learn and I have my own blog. Let's do it. So I found these emails and, you know, I applied for the position and then it looks like he even sent a follow-up email, which was interesting because they had asked for Twitter links and LinkedIn links. And so I sent it in a follow-up email saying, hey, I'm really interested. You know, I'll put them up on the screen here if you're watching on YouTube. And uh, yeah, so I really went after it. I really wanted it. And then they asked for writing samples. So here was like hurdle number two. And of course, I know in my brain, I was like, I am not qualified. I have imposter syndrome, blah, blah, blah. But I sent over a blog post that I had written and a paper that I've written for political science. Blog post was actually pretty good. It was like a very detailed skincare review. And then the political science paper, I don't know. It looks like I made a grammar mistake. in one of the areas. And I guess they didn't care, but whatever. Spoiler alert. Okay. I got the gig. (laughs) That was my first freelance gig ended up uh, being on Elance, which is now Upwork. They, that's where they asked me to sign up and do the payment and everything. So that was my first Upwork gig or Elance gig back in the day. So here's the lesson from this is create your own opportunities slash put yourself out there. I hear all the time that people are are having a hard time getting experience. You know, how do you get your foot in the door? Well. I put my foot in the door. You know, I created a blog. It was not anything special. Like, you guys, I'm serious. I don't even know that I had anybody reading that thing. I would look at traffic and it would be like five (laughs) website views for the past week. And they were probably all me. Maybe, maybe one other person. Like, it was not a big blog by any means. It really didn't have this intense focus. I was writing about skincare, but I was also writing about rock bands and quotes that I liked and... What I ate for dinner. So, you know, it wasn't perfect, but it was something. It was some type of display of the fact that I could write and that, you know, I had good spelling, good grammar. I knew how to upload blogs. It was something. So, if you want to write, if you want to do social media, create accounts, you know, create a blog, create a social media account. I don't think I'm going to talk about this later, but at one point I created a It was called As Seen in Kalamazoo, which is my hometown. It's like this Instagram account, a kind of a community-focused Instagram account that I could just grow a little bit and use as a case study of me growing an account. So sometimes you have to just put yourself forward for those opportunities and create them yourself. And then at the same time, put yourself out there like... It was scary, I was always so embarrassed that somebody would find my blog that I knew, but I just did it anyway. I've also been really shy, I didn't mention that, but I've talked about that in the past, like I am painfully shy, uh, very introverted, so that was something that was scary for me, but I knew I needed to do it to get to the next level. Okay, so then in 2014, I was able to quit retail because I got an email from my scholarship saying that they were hiring people to work at the scholarship. And I I don't remember exactly what the email said, but I know it mentioned something about like media and growing the online presence and things like that. Now this this blog writing gig that I had been working at for a while had developed over time to become more social focused. So I was writing blogs but then I was also writing social media copy. So I was still uh, doing that and then I got the internship. I told them like I really want to go into social media. I like to write, I have this blogging experience. So I really want to focus on like the digital side. And also I was going to school for film. I went to school to college for film and video studies. So they really put me in charge of the digital world in that nonprofit, basically. So I was recording videos and editing them for social media. I was pulling reports on the social media. I was updating the social, you know, it was really just like Facebook and Twitter in those days. Maybe Instagram too, no, I don't know. I can't remember when Instagram launched, but anyway. Now somewhere in between there, I really don't know exactly when it happened. I got an email from a man in Paris <laughs> saying that he would like to speak to me on a Skype call. And the reason he wanted to speak to me is because I reviewed one of his competitors on YouTube. I just proactively reviewed this, this company. It was just something I was interested in doing. There was no agenda for me doing this review. I just wanted to help the YouTube community and just create some content. So this kind of, um, I guess I wouldn't say competitor, but it's like an aligning company. It's very similar. He wanted to interview me and just kind of do, he was doing market research basically. And I said, yes, (laughs) my boyfriend at the time, he was a freelancer as well. And some of you remember him maybe from old vlogs, but he was a graphic designer. So I did get a little bit of advice from him just going on this call. Like, you know, because I had never done any cold freelancing in that way. So I got on this call and I basically did a consult and the guy was really nice and he was like, I want to pay you to consult with us, which was crazy. It seemed like it came out of nowhere. But basically the service was aimed at YouTubers. And so he wanted an am an, an Amer they were expanding to America. So he wanted an American YouTubers insight and advice. And he saw that I knew what I was talking about. I kind of knew some of the industry terms and how things typically worked in the industry from the YouTube video that I had done on that other company. So I definitely felt imposter syndrome in this situation because I was like, I'm still in college. Like, I don't know how this all works, but I I did it. And yeah, I mean, it was like just a little bit of work here and there, really just helping him with market research, telling him about some of the cool brands that influencers like to work with here in you know the American YouTube world, um, just sharing my experience as a creator. And at this time on YouTube, I probably had like, I wanna say maybe 5,000 subscribers, maybe. That might even, it might've been like 2,000. I honestly, I'm not sure, but if I find it, I'll put it here. So the lesson in this is to stay humble Enough to take new opportunities. So when you're at this stage, you know as well as anybody else does that I believe in having freelancers be paid for their time. Like if somebody asked me to do market research now, which I get this all the time, I let them know, sure, you can buy a consulting hour with me because I just I don't have time to give free market research, free free calls to anybody who asks. But back then, I didn't have a whole lot going on, and it sounded like it could be an opportunity. And so I said yes to it. I saw this on Twitter and I can't find it anymore, so I don't know who to give credit to, so I'm sorry, but this is not my original thought, but it was something along the lines of opportunities come from saying yes, power comes from saying no, which I think is incredibly valuable because I said yes to a lot of things. Even even going back to that writing sample that I gave to the education blog, that was a free product that I accepted actually. That was like one of my first like PR samples. And they didn't pay me. Now I would say, I'm not going to do a detailed review like this unless you're paying me. But I just took that free product. I took that call with the CEO of this company in Paris because I felt, I just felt like it could be a good opportunity. And there's also, you know, power in listening to your gut and listening to your intuition. And I just, I knew that it sounded like a cool opportunity. I've always um, wanted to go to Paris. I've been there now, but at the time I had I was studying French and I was like, this just seems like the stars are aligning for me, so I took it. And then yeah, that the end of that quote, power comes from saying no, now I'm at the point where I'm saying no to a lot of things because I need to prioritize the things that are gonna have the biggest impact for me. So I think that is definitely the lesson there. Okay, so fast forward, I graduated college in June 2015. May 2015, actually, is when I graduated college and I was unemployed, I guess. Well, I was never technically unemployed. I still worked my internship. They were nice enough to let me stay on, but it was like five or 10 hours a week. So I was primarily freelancing full time when I first graduated college, doing that blog writing and stuff like that and a little bit of consulting with this French startup. So it was cool because that was the first time that I ever saw freelancing as like a real opportunity. I mean, I was making pocket change. I was making grocery money before, but I was paying my rent with freelancing money now. I was having to think about taxes. I was, you know, it was it was actually becoming, I mean, it wasn't much. I was probably making like $1,000 a month, but my rent was literally $300 a month. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm paying my bills. I was only unemployed or freelancing full-time for like a month and a half, and then I got a job over in Detroit at a Fortune 100 company. I've talked about that before. It was like a very entry-level marketing job. Again, I'll link that video where I go through all my jobs if you guys are interested, but I did that. And then it was in, let's see, um, October of 2015. So I moved to Detroit, given 11 days notice, Got here, I think in late June, June 26th, actually. By October, that French company was emailing me and they asked me if I could join them full-time as a community manager. And I was like, well, I just started a full-time job, so no, (laughs) but I would like to help you. So let's figure out what we can do. So I negotiated with them to do like part-time community management and I would be the lead community manager, and then I would r- recruit somebody else to help me to basically combine those positions to be one full-time position, essentially. So I ended up hiring a YouTube friend of mine. She was interested in social media as well, so we hired her, I trained her. And I think we hired one other person, actually. So we there were three of us when we first launched. And it turned into a full-time job. I mean, I told them I was gonna do part-time, but I was essentially working like 30 hours easily, you know, at least. While working this other full time night shift job. So, my lesson during that season of life was work hard and also be kind, network, you know, be nice to people as much as you can. I really was grinding. You guys have heard me talk about this season of life before where I was working at my day job from one to nine or one to 10. And then coming home, doing a little bit of freelance work, going to bed, waking up, doing freelance work, going back to work. Like it was this whole cycle. And I really don't think I've ever worked as hard as I have in that, in that season of life. I, I didn't sleep very much. It was a lot of personal sacrifice. I didn't really hang out with friends. I really was just committed to growing both of those careers, you know, that one career, both of those different jobs that I was doing. Now in April of 2016, I got a different full-time job. It was specifically, I also got promoted at my other day job once. Um, So that was cool, a cool thing to like get on my LinkedIn. And then I got a new job entirely and this one was more directly social media. It was a social media community management position at a Fortune 500 staffing company. Honestly, my freelance work was a big reason why I got that job because my old marketing job technically wasn't like social media. And my freelancing, I was doing everything. I was thrust into a leadership role, doing leadership, community management, and social media. I was writing all of the social media strategies. I was training people. I was doing all of the customer service. I was doing like everything. I started a blog for my freelance company. So I kind of had these two different experiences. So anyway, I got that job. My freelancing was a big reason why I got it. Then while I was working that full-time job, I continued to side hustle at the freelance gig, the French company, I also started to expand a little bit. So I kind of, you know, would take a client here or there just from word of mouth. I think I sort of started to dabble in Upwork here and there again, just like opened an account again, saw what was out there, took a couple of like really low paying, you know, $100, $50 projects just to kind of do it. Because I think at that point I started to, I don't want to say I realized corporate wasn't for me because I did like my job, but I I didn't know that I saw a path for me. Like I didn't know that I saw a a future for me really in in corporate, at least not at that company. I mean, I love that company. I don't ever wanna like bad talk anybody, but let's see, at that point I was, 26, 27. And I was just like, I don't know like how much longer I can do this. And so I was slowly building my freelance business but it wasn't like a thing where I was like I'm gonna quit in one year. I'm gonna quit in six months. I never really had that. I just kind of thought it's always a good idea to have something on the back burner. And at that staffing company I was working at their corporate headquarters. I wasn't like working in the field as they call it but I was a temp for a long time. Like I I ended up getting promoted twice at that company, but in the beginning I was only a temp meaning I didn't get benefits, You know, my pay was lower. And so I didn't know if that was gonna be forever. I didn't know if it was gonna last. I was like, they might not renew my contract. So I always wanted to have something building on the side. Now, like I said, I did end up getting promoted and hired in, getting more money, and I was really happy with that, benefits, all that, but I was always building my business on the side, is the moral of the story, while doing YouTube as well. And then in 2018, I started the Freelance Friday podcast. January 2018, I started that. After doing some tests, I really created a couple of quick videos. Looking at them now makes me cringe. I was like, you know, I'm still side hustling. I don't want my employer to think that I don't wanna work for them. I just wanna share some freelancing tips. It was really weird, but people liked it. People liked the honesty, they liked the advice. And so I decided to make a longer form, you know, rollout of it with the podcast. So the lesson with that is to listen to your audience, you know, I was doing YouTube beauty content for this whole time that I'm talking and it was okay. Like, I I mean, I have some beauty videos that did really well, but I was by no means like a guru or anything like that. And it was something that my heart wasn't in. When I started to open up and tell people about my career, people were really into it. And they let me know through their engagements that they wanted to hear more. And I was scared to create the podcast because I was afraid that, well, what do I know? I'm still working a day job. Like I felt very much like an imposter because I was like, I have this nine to five. I'm only side hustling. You know, uh, even though at that point, could I have lived just off my freelance income probably. So I did have something valuable to say. And I always tell people, you know, you really only need to know like 10% more, 20% more than the person who you're speaking to, to be able to give them value. Uh, And and sometimes, I mean, I listen to stuff all the time that I'm like, yeah, I know that. I know that. I know that already, but it's still just valuable to hear how other people are doing it or it makes you feel less alone. Like there's value to those things. So don't imposter yourself. If you have knowledge to share, just go for it. So in 2018 was when I there were a lot of changes going on in my company and again I don't want to like badmouth anyone or anything like that it just it, things started to make me feel very un, unsure and like not secure actually in my job. Like I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna get fired. (laughs) Like, and it wasn't that I was doing anything wrong. It just, you know, things were changing and I just, I was just a little nervous. And so I kind of started to consider going full-time with my business. And I told myself, okay, well, I'm listening to all these freelance podcasts and things like that. I want to save at least three months of expenses before I even consider that. So I saved that and I chickened out. I was like, oh my gosh, no, that happened too soon. Uh, and I was like, okay, maybe let's do six. <laughs> and then I did that and I still was too scared. So I kept working and I kept building my business at the same time. And it was also during this time that I started to hire for the first time. Because in order to save that emergency fund, I started to take on more clients. And when I kept chickening out to go full time, then I found myself really, really overwhelmed. And so I started to hire obviously just like freelancers, contractors, really part-time people, interns. But that was kind of my first experience with that and building a an agency really by working with other contractors, photographers, I'd outsource things, writing work, all kinds of things. So the lesson in this season is to balance your head and your heart. Because even though could I have jumped sooner? I think I could have. I think I could have technically jumped I, when when my freelance contract asked me in 2015, will I work full time for them? I could have like done that then. I probably would have been okay. But you know, I, I one I got a lot of great experience working in corporate. And I also was able to leave that day job when I finally did, which we'll get to last, last step here. When I finally got there, I did not take, take jobs out of desperation. I could be really picky with who I was working with. I could feel really confident in what I was doing. I knew the value of my work. I understood companies from the inside out, you know, companies who would turn out to, you know, be my clients similar companies to my day job. I knew how their internal teams worked. So I'm really glad that even though I could have done it at this point in early 2018, I didn't. Now, in December of 2018, the end of 2018, I lost my father. And I don't wanna get too much into it because I'll start crying. (laughs) I made a video about it and then I took it down because it was just like way too vulnerable, but it was very tragic. My dad was 51 when he passed away. And um, at the time he was experiencing homelessness and so he passed away in like, you know, the hardest way that you could imagine for someone in his condition. We had a very tough relationship to begin with, but I loved him very much and I love him very much. Um, but there were a lot of layers to that situation, right? I mean, any kind of loss or death is hard, but it, especially when it's tragic like that and when you have such a loss of control for the situation it really messed me up. Like it did a number on my mental health. And I also started to like have these really weird anxieties about like, I'm going to turn out like him. I'm going to turn out like him. Him and I are very similar in a lot of ways. And I dealt with a lot of the same demons that he did. And I was I like had a mental health crisis, honestly. Like I I really, um, I think I really did. <laughs> 99.9% of my colleagues, managers, leadership at my company, they shook me by how kind they were. I mean, I got flowers sent to me. My boss was like, you know, you have like one, I don't know, one or two technical bereavement days, but she was literally like, like take as much time as you need. But <laughs> there was a one percent. And again, I've never talked about this publicly and I don't wanna ruffle any feathers. I've only ever said nice things. And I don't even think this person still works there. At least I, I don't think so. It wasn't my direct manager. It wasn't my CMO. It wasn't my CEO. It wasn't anyone like that. But it was somebody who was, you know, a couple rungs above me who sent me an email after I put in, oh, I haven't gotten to this part. So I decided, hold on, Let me let me go backwards. I decided after my father died, not too long after that, I really needed to leave my day job. I was like, I had worked so hard at building up this side business. I, I'm able to take this time. And I was like, you know, I, I can get another job. And I have this emergency fund built up. I have business coming in. This is the best, you know, I mean, it was a terrible time, obviously, in life, but it's the best time in my career for this to happen because I have the flexibility. I didn't have kids yet. I didn't have a mortgage yet. I was like, I need to leave. And I remember there was a breaking point. And again, it was nobody's fault. I worked from home a lot in this job. And I started going to therapy, which was like a really big step for me because I've never had luck with therapists. Spoiler alert, the therapist didn't really help that much. But anyway, um, I was going to therapy and... I had this flexible work. I had this flexible job. Worked from home. And so I scheduled it over my lunch break. It was like right down the street. And I remember it was an emergency call. That wasn't really an emergency. And I had to miss my therapy appointment. And I think that was the breaking point for me. I was like, this is really important. (laughs) This is the most important thing. And nobody like yelled at me. I'm sure if I was like, hi, I'm sorry. I need to go to therapy. They would have been like, go. But it just, I, I felt like I... I didn't want special accommodations. I didn't want to have to ask permission. I didn't want people in my life that much. You know, like I didn't want to have to tell people, hey, I need to go to therapy because I'm having like really dark thoughts and I need to go. Like I didn't want to have to ask that permission from anybody. And I think that was the day where I was like, I have to do this. I've committed, and I was paying for that out of pocket, like $200 a visit. So like I said, back to that story, 99% of people were absolutely amazing after my dad died. And even after I quit my job, my manager loved her. Uh, she was super awesome. But there was that one person in the company who asked me why I was leaving via email. And I was very honest with her. She was a leader. She <laughs> She read my email and she never responded to me. After I said, you know, my dad died really tragically and I just need some time for my mental health, she read my email. She never responded to me and she never looked me in the eye again. I had like multiple meetings with this person and it was just look right past me. And that was the moment when I knew I had made the right decision. I just want to be very clear. 99% of my colleagues were fantastic. There was that one person who made me feel like such a commodity And that is why I wanted to own my own business, you know? I don't wanna be anybody's commodity. Like, I wanna work for myself. So, the lesson in this season was that mental health comes first. And I still believe that, I'm still adamant about that, and I still believe that in my business. There are times when I work really hard that I'm like, my head is spinning, I feel overwhelmed, I feel stressed. Cut something off. Figure out what you can remove. You might make less revenue this month. As long as you're paying your bills, even if you got to dip into savings, if it is helping your mental health, you need to do that. It is the most important thing. I argue that it's more important than physical health. Believe me, you don't want to exercise or eat right when you are in a serious depression. So I quit my job. And at that point, I probably had like six. A little over six months of expenses saved. I didn't mention this, but somewhere in like, I want to say it was it was 2018 or late 2017, I quit working with the French company. I'd worked with them for several years, left on good terms. It just, they actually were looking to hire a full-time position and they offered it to me. They offered a full-time position to me in New York City. And I was like, I can't leave. Like, I mean, I've never had a desire to work in New York or live in New York, no offense, New Yorkers. I love New York, but it. I just have never had a desire to live there. And I also didn't really want a full-time position. I was kind of in that period where I was like thinking about owning my own business full-time, kind of toying with that idea. So I was like, if I am gonna leave my day job, which is secure, has benefits, is close to family, I'm gonna leave it for my business. I'm not gonna leave it for another job unless it's like the perfect job ever. So really, when I left my day job finally in twenty eighteen, I really didn't have a lot of long term work. I had a couple of gigs here and there, but I didn't have a lot built up. So I was kind of starting from from you know, fresh, brand new. So what I did is I actually gave my job, it was like over a month notice. I think I gave them like five weeks notice. I felt guilty, which don't feel guilty about taking care of your mental health. But anyway, so I gave them like five weeks notice, but it was nice actually, because it did buy me time. It gave me like two or three more paychecks that I could just tuck away. And then I also really got active on Upwork at the time. So again, first job really came from Upwork. And then first job entering full-time freelancing kind of came from Upwork too. I just started taking gigs and what I really was trying to do is just activate my profile. So again, I was taking low-priced gigs. I was taking like $100 contracts, $200 contracts, you know, $20 an hour contracts, stuff like that. Short-term stuff that could just flip my profile, you know, get my profile active, give me good reviews, get me a little bit of extra money in the bank. And hopefully my thought was, I hope one of these things sticks and turns into a long term project. And one of them did. So by the time I I was full time in my business, that one gig was like, it was rolling pretty well to where it kind of transitioned. It didn't make me rich by any means, but it was steady. You know, it was a steady paycheck that I could pretty much count on to get me started. And then from there, you know, the rest is really history. I mean, I started kind of going back to that early mantra that I said to you of saying yes a lot. I would say yes to like every speaking opportunity, every podcast interview, every, like I would just say yes. I would create a lot of content. I would do webinars. I would be out in the world. I would go to every event. I would shake all the hands pre- obviously now I like think about shaking hands and I cringe but yeah I would just say yes to all the things you know and then eventually I would say I got my my first like really good contract like six months in I made my first five-figure month I think three months in though to being full-time which I think is pretty good but it wasn't consistent you know it was like my first five-figure month and then it kind of like maybe the next month was a little under and then kind of went up and down but I got my first really good contract like really solid contract about six months in but I wasn't going in the negative all those six months just to clarify like I was getting by but I wasn't making you know my my dream salary yet but I definitely had broken even like I definitely was doing doing well before that six months so I think I'll leave it there that's kind of brings me up to today for the most part I mean I've just been doing all the things and now I'm at the point where I'm growing this side of the business and I'm saying no more, you know, I'm kind of reeling back. I've got my, my staple contracts. I've got my courses, which are doing well. I've got my coaching, which is, you know, uh, running really well. And so now I'm saying no to a lot more things and really prioritizing what I really want to work on, which YouTube and my podcast are, that's one of the things that I really, really, am just passionate about and has brought me so much value So, uh, yeah, I hope that clears up any questions that you had about how I got started or anything like that. And I hope this was interesting for you. And I also hope that those takeaways that I provided gave you some, something to lean on, you know, when you're in your journeys and wherever, whatever stage you are at in your journeys, I hope that that gives you something to kind of, um, help you out. So thanks so much for watching and listening to the podcast. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe. And you can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I think you can follow the podcast. That will make sure that you don't miss an episode. They come out every single Friday. And I thank you very much for tuning in. I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Show notes for this episode are available at latashajames.com slash podcast and contain all of the links I may have mentioned today, as well as an invitation to join my private Facebook group, the Freelance Friday Podcast Community. You can also learn about my ultra exclusive membership community, the Freelance Friday Club. Oh, and if you liked what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or throw me a testimonial over at latashajames.com slash contact. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon.